Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. Well, back at it again, coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada, here in my home studio, and we're bringing another podcast today. But before we get into that podcast, I wanted to give a shout out to Dan Styles. Dan sent me a message, sent me an email at Bill at Let's Talk If you want to see email, get a podcast, get a shout out on the podcast. He said, hey, Bill, great podcast. I've listened to almost everyone. I've loved listening to the engine guys. Would love to hear topics, guests, VW King with 2,700cc drag motor and 63 Beetle, roundtable format with some motor guys, and someone to break down and discuss engine build process beginning to end with pitfalls and things that can come back to bite you. Thanks, Bill. Look forward to every new release and keep it up. Well, Dan, thanks for listening, man. We appreciate you uh, sending us a message over here at Let's Talk Dubs. If you want to get a shout out on Let's Talk Dubs, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or send us an email at Bill at Let's Talk Dubs with your comments, questions, and concerns. I do have some info coming up on the new Super Beetle podcast that we did recently. I had some feedback from my buddy Russell Ritchie over there in Scotland. And then also, I had a buddy of mine who's listening to the podcast who I've now recently become buddies with after we had a little chat on the phone. Come to find out he's the guy that bought a 1977 Beetle on Bring a Trailer that may have set a record for a price. It certainly set a record for uh, low mileage 77 Beetle, which we discussed the last year you could purchase a sedan Beetle. So we're going to be doing a follow through on the 77, some of the Super Beetle details we didn't cover. We're going to go over a list of concerns and maybe, just maybe, I might have been wrong about values on the Super Beetle. So Russell shed some light on a lot of that information. I'll get into some of those details on the next podcast, but look forward to it. It's going to be coming up here in the next week or so. But without uh, without much more than that, what we've got happening again is because there's lots of conventions here in town, we get guests from time to time, and one of our guests is back again. And my buddy Brian Hamrick's back on the podcast again. Uh, he's in town for a convention. And we happen to sit down and chit chat and he, you might remember the name because he imports the buses out of Brazil. So we're going to get into that podcast this week, get into importing buses. How's it been getting into that business? What's the market look like? How things are changing and a variety of what particular vehicles are for sale. So on this week's podcast, we're going to get into it with Brian Hamrick this week. Import your very own Volkswagen from Brazil on Let's Talk Dubs. Brian, welcome to the podcast. Hey, good to be back here. Hey, man, it's been so it's been a while since you were here last time. Last time you were here was what year? Uh, January 2020. So we're going on. It's been three years now since last time we did the podcast. A couple questions. One of the first questions, um, self uh, self aggrandizing question: How did the pot? Did the podcast help with you kind of doing what you were doing with the pot with uh, importing cars out of Brazil? Yeah, it definitely did. It gave me some more from additional exposure, definitely some credibility because, you know, there's a lot of people who have heard, uh, you know, some some concerns. War, you know, you're you're sending money, 
buying a bus that you, you haven't been able to put your hands on. You don't mm -hmm. know whether it's going to show up or not. And uh, so that was helpful. And, uh, you know, and I'm still batting a thousand. It's, it's crazy. But uh, over the past almost 10 years now that I've been doing this, never not had a bus show up. And, yeah, because uh, this started out as like this was kind of a side hustle for yeah. you that you used to do. Yeah. And then with COVID, the change that happened in the industry that you're in and COVID, you ended up like, that's it. I'm doing it. It's now or never. And I'm switching gears to this right now. And yeah. how has that been? How's that whole experience been? Well, um, obviously, I'm, I'm, I've got kind of a serious case of ADHD. And, um, you know, you quickly learn that you are the, the circus plate spinner. And, yeah. and those things are up on the pole and something's going to fall and you get going. So that's been kind of the, a big learning curve for me to, to manage all these these moving parts you know you've got a you know a, a bus that you're going to purchase or a vehicle that you're going to purchase and then you've got uh, the ordering of all the the, the new metal because we we definitely weld in new metal and all and those really and you're talking two different parts you're talking you can straight import a car right but the best value you believe is to actually buy a car get a restoration done there because it's pennies on the dollar compared Correct. to what we pay stateside yeah and then bring it over, which then adds to the timeline. Correct. Yeah, that's quite a, a bit of time to it. Hey, brother, you're talking to a guy who just waited a year and three quarters for a suspension that right. was made here in the U.S. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think, and I shelled out, you know, I mean, I shelled out seven grand for that suspension, and everybody's heard me kind of beef about it and stuff on the podcast. But the reality is, you know, it it, it takes some time and. I paid a hundred percent up front too. So, yeah. you know, it's, there, there's a lot of things that sometimes you have to wait for and we'll be giving a full rundown on that whole suspension thing that I, that, that I did with this bus down the road, you know, another podcast, but there there's required some patience with it. But how many, let me ask this question. How many cars have you brought in just straight cars without any restoration? Honestly, that that's probably under 10. Really? Yeah. I really prefer not to, especially because you will find something down there that's fairly decently priced. It's done. And because we didn't lay eyes on it, we didn't take it to media blasting. We don't know everything that's underneath the pretty paint. Like everybody says, you know, you, you see it on any time a, a bus comes up. Oh, yeah, look, you can see the bond or you can see the rust coming through. You can see this and that. And, um, you know, and so sometimes we don't know what's underneath there. And then it comes here and then a customer's had it for three, four, five months, and they're like, "Hey, I got this big crack showing up," and I just that's just gut wrenching to yeah. to do that. So I've I've really tried to steer clients away from doing that. I, I I'm telling you, there are bus restorers, you know, put that in, in air quotes here, uh, who who will contact me. I, I probably get four to five people contacting me with probably 15 buses a week. Hey, I've got this available. And then, hey, do, do you have any pictures of it when you welded in the new floors? Hey, do you have pictures of it? And they can't produce those because you because you know they didn't. Right. And uh, and so those are those are kind of concerns that come up. And so I've I say, you know, let's and, let's do a and restoration. I think, and I think we both spent time in a third world country. Yeah. And the reason they're resourceful over there is because you'd be amazed at what they use for non-intended uses, right? Right. So when you're talking about bodywork, if they if they need to fill something, you might be surprised if you start sanding and then all of a sudden, who knows what comes out of that big, what you thought was a piece of metal or a quarter panel or whatever. So I, I get what you're saying on that because based on 
the things that they do for the quick, AKA, you know, quick money that they can get from the States, you know, if they can put a few hundred in it and get a few thousand more, you know, there's, there's that. Cause you know, it's funny. A lot of people have been trying to get into this business, right? I had somebody recently like set up a meeting with me and someone who's from Brazil and said, Oh, you got to come down and, and talk to, talk to this person and they want to start bringing in buses and they want to start doing this stuff because they see how much money they sell for. And I said, you know, we, we kind of had to, uh, I said, well, I mean, that, that's all, you know, relative. It's like, what are we, what, how much money do you think you're going to make first? Second, how are you going to market these things? Third, what's your customer satisfaction going to be? Because are the people buying them going to be understanding that they're buying a Brazilian bus, that they have to be buying it for their intended use. If they're buying it for an investment, I think it's a little different versus you want to buy it because you want to drive it. Like if you want to buy it because you want to drive it, that's the way to go. Right. If you want to buy it because you, you, it's an investment for you, buy a you know fifty six twenty three window if you want right. to buy an investment grade vehicle. But if you're buying some of this, I mean, I could. I, I think the best example of what happened with a Brazilian bus was the one that Kenny built for Original Cascade and FB County, the wide body buses. Right. Bro, I told him, I said, I'd get 10 Brazilian buses and knock them out just like that. I mean, those buses are extreme to the, to another level. But in my opinion, it made that bus worth so much more. Right. Because it's a unique, it's a, it's, it's a unique style. It's a completely different bus. And, you know, it, it doesn't matter. It almost looks even cooler that they didn't make it a fake 23. They left it being a, a 15 window. And it's a full custom wide body 15 Brazilian. And it's just, you know, that's, that's the way I do it. So for you, you prefer somebody to pick a car and you kind of walk them through the process of doing a restoration. Right. How many restored cars have you delivered in the past couple of years? Um, I would say probably 15 to 20. I mean, I, unfortunately, I, again, with that whole ADD thing, I'd have to go back and like look at numbers and look at everything. And so yeah, we've done that, and we've you know got eight to ten in process. Uh, we've also kind of spread out a little bit and been okay, you know, doing some of the bay windows because you can we can pick up some of the later late model bay windows for really good prices. They haven't been abused as much. They right. have a, they already have rack and pinion steering. They already have disc brakes, everything like that, and, and you can get one here a lot quicker. And do some fun stuff. So somebody too, wants so. to buy a bay. They mm -hmm. want to buy a driver bay, not a restored bay, but you can find a bay like in fairly originalish condition yep. down there. What are you looking to pay for something like that? Honestly, under eight grand, and it's typically ready to go. And we almost have almost all of those ones that we're finding. Again, these are '90s era buses, so they're right. way newer. What are they titled as? Like what they're, year? They're, they're titled as a '96. You remember they made buses till 2013. Yeah, and, and so, so I guess it really depends on where you live. Correct. Yeah, California to, is going to knock you in the teeth if it's not 67 and older. You will have to. You will be forced to make it comply with California emissions, even though 75 and older are emissions exempt. They they're, they're, they found themselves a little loophole to bar imported cars. So you either have to title it out of state and drive it around for a couple of years, titled elsewhere, and then. You know, title it in California. Uh, remember uh, uh, Lee Hedges? He he brought that Carmagia TC in. Right. It was a '73. Should have been fully exempt. He went through every imaginable hoop with the DMV in California. Never got it. He finally just sold it to some guy. I think it was in 
I think it went to to Connecticut to to somebody who they would let it get titled elsewhere, but he couldn't keep it. Yeah, that's the crazy part. And do you know? Off the top of your, do you know any states that are like super easy going with stuff like that? Like, dude, there's a lot of them. So a- Arizona has proven. I've got, I've got a couple of people that are doing very. One, I got one client who, he brings a bus in every probably two three months, sends it to auction, and he's been doing great. Um, but he typically he's kind of worked the system. He understands what they want, and he's typically goes in one day, comes out an hour later with title registration and tags really? all, all done yeah and it's arizona's great texas is great uh, georgia's incredibly easy um and in fact is one of my clients who she's she's about to get her bus um you basically just walk into the office and if it's a certain age and older they basically just give you registration because they there's several states that don't do actual titles. I right. think I think Vermont, Vermont, um, yeah. and it's just a registration thing on old cars. Mm-hmm. But um, but we did one. We did a, actually a buddy of mine from Colorado who moved to Florida. He bought a really cool '66 Bug, but the guy that sold it to him could never find the title. And Colorado's become California, you know, light version yeah. too. Yeah, and they. Uh, they were they wouldn't get him a, a title without going through a whole bunch of bonding and just all this ridiculous stuff and so uh, my client she got it done in in one afternoon under sixty bucks done and now he's got registration and so he'll drive it around until that you know registration from Georgia goes to about just before a year before he's got to expire and then he'll register it in color in uh, Florida and be done yeah so there's a lot there's a lot of other states like that yeah, I... South Dakota North Dakota. Um, Oklahoma. I, I actually did that with two cars that I own. My my '67 bus, the Bull Run bus. When I bought it, the gal didn't have a title for it. So when I bought it, I went through a company that was based out of here in Las Vegas. I think it cost me three hundred dollars to get a title. Um, I did the same thing with the '67 Beetle that I had. Both gave me you know titles for the car that I have. And they use they use a Vermont title. And I think for the sake of the listeners on the podcast, I'm going to have to try to do it with do it on my own so I can give a, do a podcast about how to get yourself a title for a car because some of these cars are not cars that are stolen or any of that kind of stuff. But it's like, it's been through, like I've had cars here that I've owned that I've like, I don't know what happened to the title for that thing, you know, cause I wasn't real careful with the title and put it somewhere it shouldn't have been. Um, but the, the process, you know, some States make it really easy and some yeah. States make it near impossible. And it doesn't make any sense because if you, the one that I did, I filled out, I think, an affidavit of truth saying I true uh, that I swear that I own this car and I've owned it for X amount of time. And then I include the affidavit of the truth with the application and then send that in. They send me registration and then they send me a letter from the courthouse over there saying in the state we don't use titles. So this is good enough as a title. And I go down and get a Nevada title. Um, it, it's... Well, and the nice thing for us is that every vehicle that leaves Brazil has to be fully titled. So I have completely legit Brazilian title, registration, proof of proper in, uh, uh, importation. So the, the barriers that we're running into are just... Our states. Our states who are acting as though... Um, they don't they, want to recognize they don't, right, they don't international want to rec- or federal laws. Right. Well, and, and the sad thing is like Colorado... There's a list of how to import a car from from a foreign car, and they tell you you need to have this, this, and this, and there's nothing on there that you have to get an appraisal and a bond, but they'll do it every single time. Every time I've done a title through Colorado, 
they tell you, you got to do an appraisal on a bond. You got to pay somebody to do an appraisal, and then you got to pay the money for the bond. And I mean, a bond is not that difficult, and it's not really. It's, no, it's, it to, just ties up the paperwork for usually three years. Like, like here, it's like two years. Oh, that's so, so bad. you can't really sell the car for two years, right? If you're buying it to sell it, you got to be buying it to own it, and then you hold on to the bonded title, and they're waiting for somebody to lay claim to the car or whatever the case is. But yeah, I think some of that's kind of annoying because it really. It hinders the hobby. I mean, I have my Mexican Beetle, which my challenge with that is getting it titled because I've got the Mexican bill of sale or whatever the case is or the dealer paperwork, but it's not a title. And I, I was almost to the point with a friend of mine who's from Mexico, just having him take it down there, register it in my name down there in Mexico, give me registration and pay and tags for Mexico and then bring it here and then see what I got to do. But I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm, it's crazy. I'm kind of over it. So, oh, I, I know what you mean, it, and it's crazy. We've we've helped a lot of customers, you know, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, as we wanted to talk about sometime later in the podcast about, you know, some of the cars that I have that are really cool that are available, but, you know, I've I've had some some hiccups on trying to get it done. I I started and and actually created a Montana LLC, and then Montana started turning into the same thing. We're like, hey. If we're having trouble, we're going to give you, you're going to have to go the bonded route. And I'm like, you know, there's no reason to do that. And then one of my clients who we did, remember we, uh, Brazil also kept making the Toyota FJ40 body yeah. Toyotas uh, with diesel engines, five speed, all this kind of stuff. And so like the stoutest Toyota you could get out oh here. Oh gosh. Yeah. Maybe the coolest thing ever, but we imported a couple of those for one of my buddies in um, uh, just North of town and, uh, he did the same thing. Colorado gave him grief. So then he decided, okay, I'm going to do the Montana LLC. A year later, he finally got his titles and, and registration from Montana. So they were just as, you know, jammed up and just as difficult, even though he had full legal titles from Brazil, literally like physical titles, translations, everything, and, and proper import documentation from the, you know, the Customs and Border Protection you know, everything like that. And they just still jammed him up with all that stuff. And so, it, you know, everywhere you go, there's just some little hiccup. And, and you know, I just don't want people to have to have that problem. So, so you so you currently have cars that you have in your inventory. So if we have any listeners that live in an easy to process state, you've got all the legal legit paperwork for that vehicle from Brazil. Yeah. With a Brazilian title. Yeah. So if there's people out there that are gaming, like, hey, I can get it through my DMV here in anywhere USA where I live and I know the yeah. rules and I know, and they take it upon themselves for that, they might be able to get a car from you right now that you've got right. sitting in your standing inventory. What cars do you have in your standing inventory right now? Um, so I've got a 75 split window that's been made into a 23 walkthrough clone. Yeah. Um, with belly pans, folks, you got to mm -hmm. hear that. I am the only guy still doing. That finally got last podcast. I said, "Hey, I'm kind of against it because we don't do belly pans." Mm -hmm. And one of my clients, who's about to, he already has his bus down in Florida. He had a a six door taxi bus redone, and that actually had belly pans on it. So we had belly pans down there. We carefully removed them, took them to our boy, and he made the stampings to make them. Really? And then I started calling. I won't name them because they haven't called my boy that made the you know that that made the stampings. I called all of them and said, hey, this is your guy to call. When you do a 23, call him, put the belly pans on. And nobody's called him. I, I'm, not, I'm not asking for the dime to use those. He made those things. He, he now owns them because he took it on himself. He didn't even charge me after the first set that he made. 
Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I've made them for myself. I'll start selling them. He sold one other thing, but not to anybody that I know. Hmm. One other set. We're the only ones buying them. So anyway, so that the, it's a, and it's a ceiling wax red and white with an all black interior. Um, and it has a, it has a Z bed in the back. No other, you know, type things, but it's got a Z bed in the back. It's kind of cool. And it's got some, uh, um, some rear deep dish, um, standard, you know, wide five smoothies right. and in white. And then, um, and then I have a 96 bus that we put a little kind of weekender style, uh, camper in, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the, the original non-pop top. So 96, so it's a bay window, but it's, it's titled bay. 96, still air cooled. Steer, steer, still air cooled. So it's like a 72, but it, it's a 90. Yeah. Well, it looks like a 70. Yeah. It looks like a 73 cause it's got the upper turn signals. Okay. Um, square bumpers. It's got the square block bumpers. And then, okay. it, and then, but again, remember the Brazilian buses, they still kept those corner windows. Right. So it's a, it's a 14 window. Um, <laughs> and they're, 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 they're funky, but I'll tell you this much backing up is incredible when you've got that little corner window to look out of. But, uh, so this one has a, it has a Z bed. It has a, a pop-up table, has a little sink, um, and some cabinetry. It's just like a, like so a single, a like ba- a non-popped up. Right. Rusty. So it's, it's a bay window windshield split window side and rear window so it's got the small square windows all the way around plus corner windows and rear small rear hatch yep so do you know the prices on these things you have prices at the ready on these things or what you're yeah, asking so, for them or is it listed somewhere? so on the no i, I don't have them posted yet. and just this is I've the been... price right now like if somebody wants to buy it right now at the brazilian paperwork yeah yeah, yeah, imported Brazilian paperwork, no U.S. Yeah. title. You'll have to deal with that on your side because right. that's really the caveat as to why you haven't sold these yet. Right, because I've been trying to, you know, fuss with the with finding my my what the route's going to be from from now going forward, getting U.S. titles and registration. But uh, so the 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 twenty three window clone uh, ceiling wax red one. Um, we're, we're hoping to get about 39 to 42 out of it, kind of depending on what the offer is. And, and it's a and, turnkey driver running, yep, like running, driving d- disc brake conversion in the front, um, fully redone. And I've got all the pictures of down to metal and what, I mean, we replaced, uh, dog legs, floors, front and rear. It has, uh, you know, rubberized, you know, removable floor mats and that kind of thing. And then, um, on the, uh, on the, on the, the, the kind of camper style bus that mm-hmm. that one we'd like to get 23 out of it it's just beautiful this thing wasn't even so we it's did, a nice it's a it's original or nice restoration um it's older mo- restoration so it, it it was an it was an all white bus which mm-hmm. a lot of the later ones are you know they were just kind of utility things so i uh we added a, a you know kind of a bahama blue to the bottom so it's kind of got that that you know van life type type thing but the the interesting thing is is that the engine it's called a 1600 AP or 1.6 AP. So it's a little bit updated air-cooled engine. Um, they run cooler, they run stronger, and they just go. I mean, you, you, there's another one of my clients who has one of those that, uh, that Zach Thomas from Utah drove back to Utah from Texas. Mm-hmm. And he did it basically nonstop with his wife. No hiccups, no issues. I mean, just boom. And the things, these things just cruise at 65 miles an hour, no problem. Really? I mean, and we're talking that, I mean, that's like so much mountain driving and everything. Um, so they're, they're, they're just, they're just a little bit different. You know, they've got rack and pinion steering. Um, so you don't feel like you're doing half of a rotation of the steering wheel before it catches and that kind of thing. And then the, the third vehicle that I've got actually 
fourth, third and fourth. Uh, the third vehicle is that uh, white goal, G-O-L, uh, that's basically front-wheel drive, air-cooled. It's uh, it's kind of a, the body style, I would say, is kind of a, a little bit of a, a modified Scirocco-style uh, body. It's a front-engine, air-cooled Scirocco-looking yeah. car. Yeah. And so the, the October 2022 Hot VWs did about a five-and-a-half, six-page uh, post of it. And it, you know, uh, it, they, they titled it scoring a goal mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and, our, you know, our favorite photographer who does such awesome, awesome work. Um, you know, he, he wrote it. Yeah. Eric Arnold. Eric Arnold. Exactly. And, uh, so we took it down here and, and in Vegas during, uh, during a cold snap and yeah, snowstorm, um, snowstorm on the way here. But <laughs> right. uh, anyway, it was great. And, and we had so much fun taking pictures of it and driving it around. And, um, that's a really fun one. It's, it's weird to feel know that you're hearing an air-cooled engine but knowing and feeling that front-wheel drive pull that's kind of weird i've got this kind of crazy dream of doing a a dual air-cooled yes. engine <laughs> front and rear oh, really? i think that would be kind of cool you know and, uh, well i just wonder what i wonder what it would be like to have a uh to have you know a big monster motor in the front of that thing you know like 2332 with right. 48 idas on it it would just be that would be wild it would i agree with you now these bu- so these buses you're talking about if people want to see pictures of them are they on your instagram or yeah they've been on my instagram but i'll i'll, I'll post them up i'll fr- i'll refresh it and make sure that they're kind of top of mind and and put them on there and and uh, so you got the gall available for sale and the gall i like it's on board bets if you'll notice i got board bets on the bmw out in the driveway and uh, I like those. I like those wheels that are on it. What? Uh, what are the? Uh, what are those? Wheel, what is the goal going for? I, you know, to be honest with you, I, 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 uh, I, I bought that right, and it was already done. So, I, I, I probably would be able to to willingly part with it for about ten. It's, nice. Uh, you so know. if you want, if you want to show up to the VW meet with something really unique, yeah. And you've got a way to get a register. If you're living in Arizona, it may be a little easier for you. If you're living somewhere, you oh, know. Oh, and, if, and also it has a full rag top. It's it's incredible. Yeah, that car's I mean, cool. It that is. It's cool. fun, and it's got it's got. I I didn't do the uh, the interior. Uh, we didn't find out. There's a guy down there that actually sells um, GTI style um, plaid. Oh, really? And so we found a, a, a plaid tweed that was kind of close-ish. So it's got a little bit of that, that kind of Scirocco GTI, uh, style to it. But then we found out like, you know, six months later that there's a guy down there that actually sells that. So, so did you upholster that down there in Brazil? Yeah. Yeah. It was all done down there. Just beautiful. It's got like a freaking gnarly st- stereo system. I mean, that yeah. thing will thump your, you know, your tail. It's got a big old, um, uh, boom in the back, the back subwoofer yeah. in the back. No, I saw it. That's pretty cool. And so with respect to bringing those cars in, so you've got those four in inventory. You've got the the bay window. You get the bay window camper. You get the 23 window uh, Brazilian. You have the... The goal. The goal. And what's the fourth car you have? And, and I still have that Carmagia TC. I, I still have it. Yeah. That's the one we met. Yeah, we, yeah. we met with that car at the VW. Right. At the, at the, yeah. And I, I'm, a, I'm, I'm kind of like got this crazy torn thing about not wanting to get rid of it, wanting to get rid of it. And yeah. I, I just need to, cause unfortunately. Does it run and drive that yeah, car? Yeah. yeah. Have you driven drives. it? Yeah. Is it just a type one front beam or is it type three front beam? No, it's all type, it's all type one. It's, it's, um, no, type, sorry. I'm sorry. It's all type one front end, but as a type three engine. So it's pancake engine type yep. one chassis. Yep. I want that car. 
Well, yeah. I, the, the crazy part is like, I want that. I want that car. I want it, but I don't want it. I want it because it's something different. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I want it because it's something different. Nobody has it. And, uh, you know, I, I have a problem. I want problems in my life. Yeah. And it's like, I have well, that one, that one runs and drives. I mean, it's not the, it's not the best restoration. I didn't really do the best inspection on getting it. And then I didn't have anybody do any additional work to it. So we found there's a couple of places of, of clearly there's some, some Bondo in it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's kind of a, a driver grade one. You know, I've, right. I've got these kind of crazy thoughts of, I've got these crazy thoughts of, of, uh, you know, having somebody like 3D print or, or mock up, like, well, you know, those little shorty fins that the, the early 911s had. Yeah. And then on the bottom of it, you know how like the old Carrera had that little kind of script along the bottom right. of the door said Carrera and have it just put Carmen. Yeah. I thought that would be kind of cool. Just kind of pull in because, you know, when you when you get the, the right stance on those, put some you know, Porsche good, style man. winds, like that guy in, who imported one to Norway, that that maroon one that comes yeah. up in searches that's just perfect and it really every the last time i took it like you know to that show where we met um every time i pulled in for gas people would be like what kind of porsche is that and i'm like it's not it's a carmagia and they're like what you know and yeah. and so people just they automatically in fact is my neighbor who has a 356 a 911 and then a 959 or whatever it is he thought it was He's weird, gonna, hold on, pump the brakes. If your neighbor has a 959, like a real 959, a 1988 959, that's a half million dollar car, dude. if not more now. Yeah. That, that car was $400,000 when it was new, I, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. He's, he's, he's yeah, he's, he's money. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 let me put it this way. I caretake for my dad, so I live in kind of a pretty nice, right. bumped up neighborhood. Um, the neighbor across from him still races Porsches. And he actually has, if you go on my Instagram, you'll see uh, a, a 911 that he used to do the Pikes Peak Hill Climb in. It's a blue yeah, and white your, one. Which, which Instagram are you talking about? Are you talking about your personal or your business? Uh, personal. All right. So but, but your business Instagram is USA Combi Connection, right? It's, it's it, for some reason, I couldn't get that one. So it's, it's Combi underscore USA underscore no, VW. I don't think so. Because I, I, I found it looking under US... U.S. USA Combi Connection, because um, I was just I was just looking at it two seconds ago, and there it is USA underscore Combi VW. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what? Well, and you got to check like if there's other Instagram. Here's a tip to you guys out there. You're welcome. Thank your uncle Bill for this tip. You can check Instagram handles, and I think if people haven't posted in a year or two, they pull your Instagram handle. Like if people are searching for it. Because I know George didn't have the wagon for a long time, and it, it belonged to some place in France, and they stopped using it for some reason, and then he went to punch it in, and it was available. So George ended up picking up the wagon back. So you always got to check guys out there if you want an Instagram and you can't find it. Always check see if it's available because you can always change your handle if you want to. So yeah, I may need I need I may need to do that. Or somebody somebody now will probably be going there camping on it. <laughs> well, and, and they'll, they'll steal it and want to sell it to me or something. But uh, so you've got so you got the four car. So what do you want for the Gia TC? Dude, I need to get that thing moved. I'd, I'd take six grand today, man. Come on, bro, stop Seriously. it. Why are you trying to make me buy that car? 
I don't know. You're trying I, to I make want me somebody, buy the car. I want somebody to buy it. It's you're it's, upsetting me right now. You know that <laughs> I have no place to park it. I'm over. No, you know, your, you see your driveway here. is packed. I'm man. overfilled. I just bought a stinking Corvette. I got crap all over the place. And you do. I, I parked like half the block down from your house because your driveway yeah. is completely packed. Your your side yard's packed. Your empty lot is packed. So yeah, you, you've got a lot of cars, bro. Lots. I got a problem, bro. I would. <laughs> and I, I would love to have that. I would love to have that TC, but my 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 thing just keeps going. Like, okay, if I get the TC, then I'm gonna do this. And it's like, I've got the lifted bug for sale. Right. right. I've had that for sale for a while, and I'm asking good money for it. But the motor's all the money on that. The stance, right. the look is cool. The motor's all the money on that car, right? Twenty two seventy six forty ninety A's, Allberg stuff on it. I mean, built by Joel Moore. It's it's done. It's ready to go. But, um, yeah, I could slap that motor in the back of the Gia TC, put a little rake on there, put some stank on its hangs low. Yeah, I can see myself. Yeah. I can see myself driving it. Well, yeah. and the nice thing about Gia's, a lot of people don't remember, is that they are a little bit wider. Yeah. Which means that a couple of big people can get in there. You know, if you're tall, if you're yeah. if you're a, a a taller and wider person. Gears are great because that it's well that gear that gear is. All, all gears all gears are wider than beetles mm. they are mm. the pans are wider than just like a thing no, no i i got you the only problem is when i sit in a gear the driver's door comes up over my shoulder like it starts encroaching my shoulder it's a little little claustrophobia and then just getting in and out it's a little bit oh yeah the, the, and, and it, they feel better. weird like you're you're tall and you're still feel like you're you know, your head's like at the top of the, yeah. the windshield, or I mean, the bottom of the... You don't realize how small it is, so you get a picture of yourself in that Gia next to a semi, and then you're like, yeah, it's pretty tiny, that car. Yeah, yeah. But I the Gia TC is a full four-seater, like it's like a real back seat. True, yeah, true back it's seat. A li- it's, it's probably a lot like the, like a like a, a fastback in terms like of like the three. seat. Yeah, yeah, Type 3 fastback. Yeah, no, you're upsetting me now, man, because that, that price is close enough for it. It's a strike price, like I could strike on that right now. I just don't know... <laughs> Where I'd put this stinking car, and then I'd have to make a trip to Colorado. Now we meet uh, halfway, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, bro. You're <laughs> killing me. You're killing me. Yeah, I was gonna have you look at that Corsa for me it, that was in the field. Remember, it yeah, was yeah. In near where you were yep. in Colorado. And then I ended up buying. I have another Corsa. Like I have this turbo over in the driveway, and then I have another Corsa on the in the backyard over there. That's a complete. I got problems, bro. I have. My problem is I got a job that gets in the way of me having fun with all these cars because I could see my, I have this vision of myself somewhere like some old dude in a shop and a young old dude, uh, let's just say an old soul sitting in the shop, just working on all of my projects and I got all my cars and everything's got, and the problem is I've got to somehow figure out how I can do that and money keeps coming in because Every moment I'm awake costs money. <laughs> the, the mortgage and the, the rent is too high. And like, you know what I mean? Like the whole, the whole shebang. But I, I tell you, I just like that. Uh, is that your phone keeps dinging? Whose phone keeps dinging? Or is this my... Uh, I think it's both of ours. I don't know. But so how have... Um, so you've had the challenge with, with doing that. And you've worked on trying to... On the newer stuff coming in being able to process it with a little quicker paperwork so you get a U.S. title and you're just down yeah. on the road. The only thing I wonder is, is the whole smog thing when you come into places like Vegas is 67 and earlier smog only, and so you'd end up having to get a smog or something ridiculous, I think, but who knows? I mean, it's... Well, well California says that you've got to actually put things on there that weren't 
available at that time frame. Right. And like you a could, smog pump and some bull crap. Yeah. Like that. So you can even go on to the, the CARB, the CARB mm-hmm. website, and it says. That's California Air, Air Research Board. Yeah. So they actually say on there, there's a page on there that says, don't just assume that you can do this. You have to retrofit it. We have to install it. The cost of installing it will exceed the value of the car. It says that on their website. So they're basically just saying, we don't want any new gas-powered vehicles in this thing. And then if you've already you know, done an EV swap on it, no, don't, don't imagine that that's also going to pass. Really? Yeah. It's it's. I mean, you read it there, and it's just so blatant. They That's won't all. even let you do an EV swap, and if, in other words, you could do an EV swap, but you have to. It has to. It, I don't know how they do it, but they're they're basically creating these little loopholes. Oh, and by the way, if we want to get just mildly pol- political, mm-hmm. so normally when a law passes, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be passed through a legislature and sure. and that kind of thing. Yep. There's there's a ratio. There's a certain name that they've named it. Like how many laws are passed by legislatures, Congresses, that kind of thing on a federal state and everything like that. It is an 18 to one ratio of rules being created by agencies, state agencies, federal agencies um, that affect our lives and our actionable in other words they you could get arrested for it you could get fined for not that are obeying not it. actual laws that are not actually laws they're not constitutional state constitution otherwise and it's really annoying you know i mean the 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 you know let's say the the forest service says hey you can't you can no longer ride a bicycle in these areas well that's not a law really it's not a law but they can give you a ticket and then you can go to jail and right. all that kind of nonsense all that kind of stuff yeah. and it, and the here's the craziest part about it all you people listening that think like, why are they getting political? I'm talking about all you guys didn't take a civics class yeah. and they pulled civics out of school. So people would stop being part of the system because the system like being exempt from people that could come in and change yeah, and, call and them on keep it. the system honest. Right. And, and, and that's, and it's and, affecting cars. And what's happened is that's, what's made this country so great. That's what made, that's, what's made a destination for immigrants around the world. Their goal is to get here so their kids can be born here and win the birth lottery and be able to be born in a country where you can do and be anything you want. Yep. And if you don't believe that, you should go spend two months in a Mexican prison. <laughs> That's my advice. <laughs> or spend uh, six months in Brazil, you yeah. know, and yeah. let me know how bad the U.S. is then. And those are great places, yeah. but they ain't the states. Right. So, right. I mean, and, and again, it's just, it's, and it's that, just kind of, but, but that's super frustrating, right? Like it's yeah. really, really frustrating that you get these agencies like the department of motor vehicles comes up with a rule or, uh, you know, some sort of, um, barrier, yeah, a, you know, hoop that you've got to jump correct. through. Correct. And then if you violate it, it's an actionable. Right. Well, I mean, in this particular case, like in California, if your car doesn't have smog equipment on it, even though a 75 air-cooled engine Did would not. be exempt. Yeah. In other words, you, you wouldn't even have to get a, a smog test. No, I. but it wouldn't. But factory, it came in California. If I sold in California, it had a smog pump on it. Right. But what I'm saying is if I, if I bought a 75 bus or 75 Beetle mm-hmm. in Arkansas, drove it to California, there's no barrier at all. They would, they would accept it as it is, and it's exempt. But because it's import, they've created this special little sidebar cal- category of, of 
this rule. Like, in other words, they just drafted their own little exemption. Like to keep imports from coming in here. Correct. And that's really all it is. And and like with Colorado, they have a list. You know, you've got to have a title. you got to have this. you got to do that. But then not on their list of what to do to bring an imported car in and get it titled. They're now, if you go to the DMV, sorry, we're not going to process this until you get an appraisal and get the proper amount of a bond paid for. So you have a bonded title now that, like you said, you have to hold on to that for three years. The only way to get rid of a bonded title is if you were to sell it to a dealership. And then the dealership has to, there's a there's something in the background that they're able to do. Your your your, your friend from Texas is the one that, that, yeah. that, that taught me that thing. But now you got to pay a, a dealership and all, right. you know, and there's it just, just keeps becoming a convoluted right. deal. And it's just, and it's, it's not fun and, and nobody likes to do that. So that's why, um, you know, I've, I've got a couple of options on getting these cars titled in the United States legally above board without playing any games. It's just, yeah. If you just live in a difficult state, you're just going to have yourself some challenges. Right. And that's why I'm trying to just to, spend the money and buy a $150,000 23 window. Right, exactly. That's yeah. the easiest way to do it. You could get one for forty, but your state sucks, so <laughs> you got to pay one hundred fifty grand. Right. Yeah, and 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 I think that by by early late spring, I, I the the route that I have in place that I'm going through right now, I'm going to vet it on several vehicles, and then I'll know whether it truly works on a regular basis or if there's arbitrary applications from agents that that you're dealing with. And then, and then from there, once I know that, then, then when I bring something in or if somebody contacts me and says, Hey, let's do a build, but I'm, I'm going to be living in a state that's going to be difficult. Can you do that for an extra fee? I plan on, on offering, getting it registered in their name from the, the, the state that I'm going to be going through, which is not Colorado or California or anything like that. So, right. So that, that's going to make it easier for you just to make the process a little faster yeah. To get somebody a vehicle actually titled in their name instead of like handing the paper to a guy who just wants to drive a 23 when it doesn't know, doesn't have any connections or hookups or buddies at the DMV walks in there and old Marge is giving him the stink eye and right. sending him back to yeah. no man's land, take number 656Z and go yeah. stand in the back corner, wait for it to be called. And they're on 0001A. Right. Well, yeah. and, and on top of that, you know, then, then you get into... You know the the uh, <laughs> my my client who actually got his uh, he he actually is in Pebble Beach area mm-hmm. um, he got a Carmen Ghia TC beautiful like Kelly green one um, and this thing's just beautiful and, and uh, he went into the DMV and and tried to say oh I I lost my title can I just apply for a title and they flagged him so he could never go into any other title any other DMV in California ever and so he actually had to form an a uh, 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 Montana LLC and his was nine months for him to get his titles or his title for his. I'm kind of thinking about my, my guy with the, the Toyotas, but anyway, so he now has a Montana title driving around, you know, Monterey, uh, Pebble beach area. So your friend that imported the Toyotas, they're like a, it's like a crew cab land land cruiser pickup. No. So he, he got one of them was a standard FJ 40 body. Mm-hmm. The other one is sort of an extended. It's like a crew cab FJ, or no, it's no, no, a, it's no, a, not, not even crew cab. It's, it's a limo style, a little yeah, bit, kind of a limo style. It's a little bit longer body, a so long fact, wheelbase FJ right, so forty. Fact, 
Right. So if anybody remembers back in the 80s and 70s, they had the regular Jeep and then they had the Scrambler Jeep that didn't have the bed. They had a longer body one. And that's the same size that they end up making the four door Rubicon on. Right. Same chassis. Um, so it's like that. So they have four body styles down there. Standard FJ, long body FJ, crew cab FJ, and then single cab FJ with a, you know, with a bed. So two of them with beds, two of them with just standard. And there's lots of those down there? <laughs> lots of them. Really? Lots of them. What's it take to get one of those? Just give me a call, man. We've, we've got resources to get them. So price-wise, you could look to spend... Uh, I mean... And so, they're left-hand drive, correct? Yeah, they're all left-hand drive. So left-hand drive, they're diesels. Yep, 99.9% .9 of them are diesels. So, okay, let's just talk about that. To you guys listening, if you want to buy that, I hope you live somewhere that they don't require smogs. Right. And they're, pre and, and they're pretty low-key at, the, uh, at the DMV. If they're like some of these DMVs that are going to punch in a VIN number and say, it doesn't come up on our system, this can't be a car, you might have some issues. But I think if you live somewhere, because what's interesting here in Vegas, you have to smog a vehicle. If you live in Pahrump, you don't need to smog one. Right. So what people used to do back in the days, they'd go register, they could get a PO box in Pahrump, send their registration there, say they live in Pahrump, and then just have to deal with that. But um, so one of those, so one of those FJs, you could spend from what to what? to buy one so just kind of a, a regular grungy daily driver it's going to have some rust here and there that kind of thing you'll probably be about nine to thirteen grand and nine to thirteen does not include shipping not include shipping nope okay uh yeah we need to get into shipping because shipping has been crazy during the whole covid um, thing and covid yeah, and, yeah. and all that stuff so we're finally coming down that's good but and then and then um and then the next tier, fully restored, fully, re, you know, just really nicely done. You're probably in about the 25 to 30 range. Um, so 25 to 30,000 bucks. Yeah. We'll get you a nice FJ40. You get the FJ40, the FJ40 long wheelbase, or the FJ40 crew cab pickup, or the FJ40 single cab pickup. Right. I like that crew cab pickup. Yeah. It looks good. No, they do. I agree. See, I got FJ Cruiser here. I might need to get an FJ uh, crew cab pickup. I think that I know. Can you imagine how cool, cool that would be with like one of those, those fifth wheel two car aluminum trailers and they're showing up to a VW show with your, is it a straight six diesel? Uh, depends on what era we're talking about. So down there, they're not FJ. So FJ stands for gasoline powered. And then in Brazil, they're, they're, they're either a, uh, a BJ or an OJ. I know, right? Right. Um, so, so the <laughs> okay. B, so the BJ era mm -hmm. was when Toyota contracted the manufacturing of those vehicles out to Mercedes trucks. So until 1994, they all came with a, it's like an OMB seven something. There's a there's a, a designation of the engine, which is basically the 80s era um, Mercedes engine. Mercedes. Um, sprinter vans that are in Europe that are, you know, 600,000 miles. And these are diesel engines? Diesel engines. Um, some of them, depending on what, what era you're talking about, some, most of them were standard four speed. Um, and then from there, um, I think it's from about 89 through 94, they were five speed. And then in 94 and a half, Toyota took it back over in the manufacturing. And then they started putting in a, um, the, the Toyota, I think it's called a 14B, is the engine. And that's a standard um, uh, four-cylinder diesel engine. And a lot of them are four-cylinder. 
uh, but they're they're stout four cylinders. They're definitely going to be more like well, a four cylinder diesel. I, I drove a friend of mine imported from Japan the late model FJ Cruiser, like the wagon. What was it mm-hmm. called? What was the is that called FJ FJ wagon? The big. It was the bigger version. It was the FJ. Was it, it this was body a, style or the next no, body? No, it was the next body. Like so the, probably probably the the series eighty. Yeah, it was, it was a, after, it's a big. It's yeah. a big FJ, and they made like a high roof version, some other stuff. Oh, so you're you're thinking of the Troopy? Yeah, it's I don't know what it's yeah. called, bro. It's big. It's, it's yeah. a Toyota, I'm not I'm not a Toyota guy. I know, there, and there's my there's buddy, a lot of my buddy used my loading dock to get it, brought it in, and I drove it. Had a straight six, yeah, turbo diesel. Freaking thing was a ripper, dude. Yeah. I was and it was, it was roll coal, the whole nine, dude. It was freaking rad. Yeah, and it was lifted, and it had all kinds of. Crazy. What I didn't like about it is right-hand drive. I couldn't stand it because yeah. I think that's cool for a minute. I think after a while, if you're looking at daily the car, it gets to be kind of well. I'll tell you this: but a the, little fir- bit the first time you will get annoyed on a right-hand drive car is when you're on a two-lane road and you got to pass somebody. Yeah, I mean, you you are like full death commit. <laughs> yeah, because you've got to go full into the lane unless you've got a spotter in that side. But um, yeah, so those those are um, and you, we can turbo them. We can add. Really? So again, they're 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 stripped down farm trucks. There, that's what they consider. That's what they use them for, right? I mean, and so they're stripped down. They don't have they don't have AC. Some of them do, um, and they don't have heaters typically. But they're easy to add those. You know those those uh, uh, diesel uh, van heaters. You know the ones they yeah. use for that kind of thing. And uh, the old kind of it's like a, it's an Iberspacher um, uh, copy. Yeah, you know that ger- that German one. So they're they're. They're incredible. They're fun. Um, we're we're learning a lot about the whole, and 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 they're down there. The the the, they're not called Land Cruiser, they're called a Banderante. Yeah, that's so, the thing I was talking about. Is Land Cruiser the one my buddy imported from Japan? Yeah, right, and, but I mean, it, they're they're still. But the, what my point was is those diesel straight sixes were powerful. Yeah. I mean, it was a powerful motor. Yeah, I liked it. So Brazilian, there's a Brazilian classic car. Look at this. Look at this here. I'll tell you what. What are they asking for it? Uh, I don't know, bro. This is euros, 26,000 euros. Yeah, so that's about 28. 25,000 euros. These are all These are all the... It looks like they got no shortage of FJs on here or, you know... OJs. OJs. Or, so OJ is, the, is when Toyota took back over and the O and the B, those are our engine codes. Mm-hmm. And that's what the that, that designation is. You know, sort of like us, type two, type three, type one, right? All that kind of stuff. So it's the same thing. That that little um, designation is engine code, and then J is the body or the Land Cruiser style or or branded. <clears throat> oh, and the other thing is, is the, the other thing that's really cool. Um, the in Paraguay and several of the other surrounding countries, they got true Toyota Hiluxes. Really? Yeah. And so you could we can get a Toyota four-door Tacoma Hilux, which is diesel Toyota. Uh they have the the uh the whatever what we call the forerunner bodies Hilux. Um it they're <laughs> I mean just the coolest thing. And and they're like 14 grand in great condition. Leathers wow. interior. I mean and and there's guys, there's whole groups here that are doing TDI or diesel, you know, Volkswagen TDI. Sure swaps into toyota trucks oh yeah you know oh that thing right there yeah that that D- DKW. dkw can no 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 yeah that the, the candango can, candango that's kind of like a 
So the DKW is one of the precursor four companies that turned into Audi, which is the the the, the German group that that merged together. Four right. different car companies came mm-hmm. together. So they made the N- NSU, DKW, Audi, and I, I always forget what the last one was. Um, but the DKW Candango is sort of a really weird version of a thing or or you know yeah it's kind of a kind of an, an oddball looking but i i think that that other one go go back and look at the that last page you were just looking at and look at that uh dkw they mag they mag they maguet yeah um it's a that's the vegemite sandwich vegemite that one that is a it's got it's got uh whatchamacallit suicide doors it's a wagon. It's got a little three-cylinder front. I think that would be so fun to drop a a, a different engine in. But man, they're just a killer-looking thing. It's got like almost like a a beetle front end with a wagon back. Yeah. So. No, there's a there's a, it looks like there's just there's just such another world of yeah and, and you stuff know that's available. And, and one of the things that that characterized the the Brazilian market. Remember, they didn't have. Um, crash rating dot pressures to to make alterations to the bodies um so they kept them pretty so they kept it they kept they kept making them in the same manner um you know like for example on the like chevy like the c10 trucks you know that were like 1969 yeah um they were still making those until the 80s really so you can get a straight six four on the floor c10 for like seven grand I mean, and they're just beautiful cars because they still kind of have some of the curvature. They're they're kind of like that that early square body body, but right. they still have some really cool, you know, curvature to the to the hood and and that kind of thing. So there's just a lot of really fun, neat things down there. You got the Chevettes the, and the, that Opa- red one? the Opala SS. Yeah, the o- Opala. <laughs> so the Opala SS they they made a. Essentially, like the Chevy Nova SS looking, right? They but they made a wagon of that yeah. SS, and it looks like the what's the what's the I always forget the other model that they have. Well, there's a Chevelle, Chevelle. So it's it looks like a Chevelle wagon. Huh. Um, but look at that! Look at that red C10 right there. That look is a thing. that is a face only a mother could love. I know, right? Well, this okay. So to describe it to our listeners, it has a. The front hood is swooping down, and the headlight grill looks like it's off of a Ford Courier. It's got the sad eyes front headlight, where it uh, yeah, it, it's depressing looking at it. I feel bad, and it's got a real weird. This looks like a Ford. You know, like the Ford's got that yeah. crazy swoop on that back fender. Yep, stamped fender. Yikes, bro! Yikes! What's this car going for? Interesting. Yeah, this is. Uh, I don't know, man. It's yeah. uh, it, it's just interesting. But, yeah, there's a you lot. Know, of, obviously, there's, obviously, I know a lot more about uh, you know the the Volkswagens. Well, um, my and my understanding was in Brazil, like my understanding with Volkswagen bringing a plant into Brazil, for them to bring a plant in Brazil, said there needs to be a car made 100% here in Brazil, and that was the Puma, right? So they had to make the Puma. Volkswagen made it in Brazil as part of their agreement to manufacture their cars there or to have uh, complete knockdown plants over there. Yeah. So the, the so was, I'm, I'm assuming they did this with every supplier and they wanted unique to Brazil type vehicles, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, that, and that's why you'll find some some one-off cars that you didn't get. Like the Puma was a factory car. For us, it was a kit car. The GM Bonanza, bro. The Bonanza is like a, it's like a C10. It's like a, not, it's like a K5 Blazer, <laughs> but really like a real weird version. It's like the stunt. It looks like a Ford grill in there. Yeah, they're. That's so weird looking. Yeah, that that's also an ugly car. Yeah, the Bonanza, dude. Who gets the who gets the bonanza of getting that thing, dude? Good grief. <laughs> and a five speed. Yeah. That's Yikes. one thing. I mean, obviously with with you know European, South American, all those cars. There you go. That's the one. There it is, the Opala SS wagon, bro. That's a good looking car though. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean everything's good in the dark when you squint in your eyes. <laughs> That's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's definitely unique. You know, it's like, yeah. uh, it, it reminds me a lot like cars from Australia. Like, oh, yeah. it's kind of yeah. cool, maybe. You know what I mean? Like, you look at it, but something just doesn't look cool about it. Like, it's almost there, but they're just stunt doubles of cars from the U.S., you know? <laughs> no, that's, that's cool. That I mean, I just, I just dig, I, I dig the uniqueness of other types of vehicles. You know, I don't even know what this, What's this caravan, dude? Is this a van? No, that that's what they call wagons down there is caravan. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I'm a little suspect. Yee. Yeah, Yee. That, that, that looks like a, a bad family truckster right there. Yeah, it, do, it does look like the family truckster. <laughs> yeah, without the wood panels. Yeah, that's terrible. I'm offended just looking at that picture. <laughs> but I mean, you know, open your eyes to the cars of Brazil yeah. and... Yeah. Uh, well, you know, the, another fun thing that, that a lot of people don't realize is that the their Beatles mm -hmm. were small window until 1974. Like oval window? Till no, 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 or no, 64? no, 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 Like 64, 64 60, 60, 57 to 64, small window. And, um, you know, so they're kind of fun. I mean, you can, you can, you can pick up a, you know, like a, a 1969 for 2,500 bucks. Hmm. in really really good condition and uh, and have a small window you know an early style bug still has you know the glass covered headlights still has towel bar bumpers you know this guy's got no the, this guy on this website's got no shortage of these six-door buses yeah i don't, I don't that's know that's a bay window but you have to remember that's a bay window, bay window six front. door. yeah i don't even know how i feel about that whole six-door action it's a little yeah they're different. Yeah, it's you know. different. It's real different, dude. I don't know, man. I mean, there's 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 so much the, stuff. The, the 13 window bus with corner windows. Yeah, it's 11 window. <laughs> 11 with window. Two, yeah, with so, two so corners. 13, yeah. right? <laughs> Yikes, bro. This, this is strange looking. Yeah. And these are they were used. The six doors down there were used as taxis. Yeah, they were actually built for the taxi market, and they're really hard to find that have not been used as a taxi, which means they've been you know beat to heck. If you ever get pictures underneath. The first one we ever found was the one my client in Florida has mm -hmm. that still had the belly pans on it. They were built with belly pans properly because of the extra door cuts. Yeah, I think the doors on each side takes away some of that integrity. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Well, so how's 2023 lining up for you? You got plenty of stuff on the market we've, available? We've, we've got plenty of things available, plenty of, of buildable, good buses. fact is right now, um, I haven't posted it yet. Look on my my Facebook page in the next probably couple of days. Um, we've we've got this mothballed like personal collection, all original bus, never been restored, also never been abused. 
Like you, you will not see a more beautiful vice. It's like a 73 split window, 15 window hasn't been hacked. Fact is if somebody were to buy it, I would almost put my foot down and say, no, we're not putting a rag top in that thing. Cause it's just that perfect. It's just unbelievable. The, yeah. do the door gaps or what everybody always complains about on, on, on a lot of these Brazilian buses that you see. I mean, this thing is just incredible. It's brand um, new. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, I guess it's got like 53 original, 53,000 original kilometers on it. So real low mileage or real low, you know. And use. it's going to be coming up for sale soon? Yeah, it'll be available. And, uh, but it's, you know, it, it's just amazing all this kind of stuff that goes on down there. But like I said, you've got to be, uh, you got to keep your eyes open. You got to ask questions. You, you got to know ask for, what you're trying to buy. Right. And you got to ask questions. I mean, ask for the pictures, you know. I mean, even though we find something that looks halfway decent, you know, you, you take it down to the, you know, to our, our, our guy that does the, the media blasting and, you know, you find out that, Hey, there's, there's, you know, areas that were covered and it had, you know, a, a previous respray and somebody had put some Bondo over the, yeah, you the, know, the rockers or something those like that. Those guys are like sculptors down there. Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, and, and the funny thing is, is that, I, you know, we used to ask somebody how many hours does this guy spend sculpting, <laughs> you know, that, that, that main center area <laughs> to look like it's, you know, original corrugated metal. Right. And, and, and the cost differential between that and just buying a whole new floor piece and welding it in, it's like 150 bucks. It's more, more money, but now you've got a full floor piece, yeah. you know, the, like the front floor, the wheel arches, the rockers, you know, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, and so we, we shy away from, from buying something that's already done because we're not the ones that touched it. We don't know what's underneath the paint. And I just, this, this, you know, take the patience, be, be willing to wait a year to get your bus completely done and land it. Now, in some cases it takes a little bit longer. Can you get it painted any color you want? Yep. Any, any color. You just give us a paint code. We'll, we'll match it. Will they lower it? Yeah. Yeah. So the guy that's all that stuff. Cause, the, cause the, you, you posted one recently that showed that arm suspension yep, and all that stuff from that more one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so yeah. That one. And that one, uh, who's, the, who's that? I think that guy's a fan of the podcast. Who's that? Oh, the guy that's doing the suspension install? No, the guy who's buying that bus. What's his name? Oh, oh, oh that's uh, that's Darren Mish. Yeah, I think Darren out of, Mish out of uh, I Florida. Think, I think Darren Mish is a fan of the podcast. He is. He's he he makes comments quite often and yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, that kind of thing. And he has and dude, he's he's quite the guy. He's a uh, he's a a tax attorney CPA guy and gets people out of some serious sticky situations. So he's kind of a interesting guy to watch because he he talks a lot about you know, offer and compromise kind of stuff, but he's, uh, but he's got that bus all dialed in and he, he's, he, when we were looking at that particular suspension, he's like, dude, I'm going to get that. I'm like, are you serious? And then when we got the bus done. He's like, okay, we're getting that suspension, right? Oh yeah, no problem. And nice. then and what, and what wheels he run? He doesn't have wheels for it yet. No, he does. Cause you have to run a particular type of wheel. I think for that suspension, because you can't really narrow that suspension. Right. Like it is where it is. And that's, Conversation I was having with my brother George is like, yeah, but everybody wants their buses narrowed. And I'm like, not everybody. Not yeah. everybody wants it. You can just, if you're going with a Euro style look, like the wheels I run on my buses with a positive offset and the and the wheels majority sit in and you need like a, a wider front end for the wheels to tuck in, like it works perfect for that. Yep. And it's, if you want your bus to handle, that's kind of, I mean, I, I like I said, I'll reserve my stuff until I drive one and see how it drives and, you know. But I'm optimistic. I mean, VW later changed the later model buses to AM front suspension on the on the Vanigans and stuff. So right, 
They're just baby arms. <laughs> Little baby arms, but it is what it is. So um, we'll see, man. So uh, Darren's bus will be done next couple of weeks, and then we'll we'll schedule the shipping. Um, shipping, um, grateful. We're so grateful that it's come down. I mean, we were well, be- before. Yeah, how much was it, when all of this started before the whole COVID thing? How much was shipping? We we were sixty two hundred dollars for a container for a, con- a forty foot container. Yeah, so we and we could fit two buses cleanly in there. You can't fit anything another bus in there, right? You know, but but then client was was splitting it, you know, half and half with somebody. Right. So you're thirty five. So, let's say you're thirty five hundred dollars to ship right. it over, right? Yeah. Now and then and, and then, then shipping spike to what? To twelve. Twelve thousand per container. Yeah. And then now it's on its way back down. It's on your way back down. We're, we're now, we're <coughs> now, we're, we're eight su- grand. Yeah. Now we're sub eight grand. Now we're like 7,900 um, for, for, for right now. And we're hoping, and that, and those, and the, the prices are usually quarterly. So those prices will stick through the spring. Hopefully it'll come back down one more time. Um, it'd be nice, but it's hard to tell. And, and you don't, and I mean, you've been there to Brazil, so you don't see any shortage. I mean, are these things like, like, Aluminum cans out there, they're just everywhere, buses. There, I mean, there's certainly, you know, with this, the the interest in this, they're getting harder to find in good buildable condition. But in, in a lot of ways, you know, you also run into a lot of title problems, and Brazil will not allow you to export if you don't have a full title. And the weird thing is it has to be running and driving, and the engine actually has to be registered to the title. Like, I mean. How you, do they know? In, in other words, even if you swap the is engine, the, you the, still you still have to take the car down to an inspection spot, and they have to say, "Okay, this engine is now considered part of this whole vehicle." Right. Which is, I mean, obviously. It's so, us. from the factory on there, do the serial number on the engine, the chassis match? No, no, not at all. They and, just at some point somebody records it and says, "This is the engine for this car." Correct. And if it ever gets changed, it gets put in there and says, okay, this is the original. And, and, and I think a lot of that is, is just, you know, typical third, I mean, South American bureaucracy, you know, where they, they have another way somebody of somebody trying to get a tip. Right. Exactly. Somebody trying to get a tip, somebody, you know, creating an extra barrier to somebody, um, you know, in, in the, in the, the engine industry, you know, especially with an air cooled engine. I mean, do you think you could, that's the first question in these government agencies where they hire people like, do you hate people? Yes, you're hired. Right. Exactly. Do, <laughs> do you, you want to make somebody's life miserable? Do you hate helping people? Do we have a job for you? <laughs> I got a buddy who works for the DMV in California. Some people might know who he is. Um, Calic George, but you know, some people don't know who he is. And I'll tell you, he's not a nice person when it comes to customer service. I mean, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, Georgie. Don't get all twisted when you hear me make this joke about you. But yeah, it's um, yeah dealing it, with the dealing with the hurdles of that stuff yeah. is is not. And, fun. and then of course, you've, you've got that the, the you know the, the Brazilian DMV Detran, um, and then you've got the Port Authority, mm-hmm. who's got all their you know tentacles and everything, and um, you know and then when it shows up, you know the United States has their their tentacles in you because. You know, you put something in a container and you don't want that thing opened until it gets to, you know, our our customs broker and his warehouse and he can, you know, take it out safely and everything like that. But if somebody at the at the port goes, hey, you know, I we want to x-ray this thing, you you pay extra for them to put the whole container through an x-ray. Then if they decide that, hey, you know, something showed up on that x-ray um, that they want to look out further, they cut the cut the uh, the band and, and charge then they open it up and charge you for that. Uh-huh. I had I had uh, one time. Uh, since we last talked, we had a uh, uh, some buses 
come and and we were actually at that point in time kind of relegated to using roll on roll off shipping um, which is essentially you know a, a parking garage as a ship and they drive them on drive them off and it's not a bad way to go. Prices are, are pretty How, reasonable. So what's a roll-on, roll-off cost right now to Brazil? Right, right now, it's about 3500 bucks For roll-on, roll-off. Yeah. And before, it was how much? Uh, before, well, actually, we never even used it until containers got crazy. Um, and then, and, and from then on, it was always 3500 But then what happened is, because containers got crazy, the car manufacturers, so BMW manufactures their, their three-series cars mm -hmm. down in Argentina, and so once this COVID and, the, and the, the spike happened and all the other stuff, those guys were booking out these roll-on, roll-off trucks, I mean, uh, uh, ships, fully. So before we could just call them up and be like, hey, we've got a roll-on, roll-off, you know, we got five cars to go. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, no problem, you know, they'll be here at this date and time, and, you know, you pay your money and you Is go. Is that how they said in Brazil? Yeah, no problem. Well, no, not necessarily, but they would just be, you know, they, they, we would get it, we'd, we'd book it. Yeah. yeah, I know. And then, uh, and then these, these uh, car manufacturers. So uh, Chevrolet and BMW make cars down in Argentina and Brazil for the U.S. market. Mm -hmm. And they were just filling them with brand new cars. And so we would Crazy. go down to the port and, and if we got on and we'd be like, you know, there'd be like a stream of these cars and they'd have like 40 drivers show up there and they're just going back and forth, back and forth. And they've got a shuttle van driving people into the port, parking them on the outside. And then all these, you know, uh, trucks would come. And then pretty soon we would get less and less availability. And so we got into a point where we had no roll on, roll on cars go for nine months straight. And we were just waiting and waiting. So when you do a roll on, roll off, this is just a question from my personal knowledge. You personally drive your car onto the boat. No, you you drop it off to the to the port. Port people drive it onto the ship. Port people drive it off, and then you go to the port and pick it up. You have to have paperwork. Now, do, do they strap the car down? Oh yeah, yeah. So it's strapped. So it's like a big cargo bed where there's a bunch of hooks in the floor, or what? Uh -huh. Exactly that. Interesting. Yeah, and they're nice wide spots, so it's not like somebody opens a door and slams it to your car or anything right. like that. So it's it's fairly safe. The only thing is, it's open to the elements. No, they're they're underneath. It's not like it's on the top oh, of a deck. Like I mean, a, it's it's like it, a garage. It's like a huge parking garage on a boat. Yeah, yeah, and they and it's I mean it's it's pretty interesting. It's kind of cool, but you know where you run into problems is once it gets to the port and sits on the ground waiting for for it to be cleared and then you to pick it up or your agent to pick it up or your driver to pick it up. Um, that's where things can start going crazy. Somebody will walk by, somebody will sit in it with grease on their pants. You know, one of the first ones we ever did um, to uh, to our guy Bill Hertz in uh, in Virginia, he uh, somebody sat in his with nice, beautiful, light tan colored seats um, with grease on their rear end. And so we had to pay for that to get cleaned and you know, it was just a pain. And so there's, there's yeah. th things like that. So anyway, roll on, roll off is, is, is not really the ideal thing. Cause a container, we push it on, we strap it down, leave and it, there's nobody there, but you know, all that kind of stuff happens. And, uh, you know, it takes 35 days, roll on, roll off or 35 days on a container. Um, we typically prefer to use Houston cause that's kind of our, we've got like a whole resource there that, that works right. well for us but we can ship to almost any other port i mean we can go west coast uh, but it adds time and adds money it's almost worth it just to pay a, a professional shipper to pick it up in houston and take it to you it really yeah. is money and time <clears throat> exactly it all adds up to the same well anything else we didn't cover we should have covered no just i mean you know be patient 
look for, uh, you know, ask for what you want and, uh, and, and be willing to, you know, to, to, to be patient and realize that, Hey, we're doing a good job. We're, we're going to give you a, a, a good, great driver grade bus. Um, it may not have concours level paint on it, but you know what? We'll, we'll prove to you that we cut out the floors and put new floors in, uh, put new wheel arches in where needed. Um, you know, and we recover the seats in any configuration, coloring style that you want that we can find. Uh, we can match almost any paint color that's available out there in the, in the world of, of original colors or right. non-original colors. And, uh, and, and you can kind of choose all the different things. You can add more windows. I mean, pop-outs, uh, rear pop-outs, you know, suspension, uh, lowering, narrowing, all of those things. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of aftermarket wheels down there, um, 16, 17 inch wheels. And you send uh, people pictures of their car during the process yep. and all that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Yeah. Well, Brian, man, I'm glad you uh, popped in while you were in town and uh, we got to get this out to some people and maybe somebody will hit you up. Maybe somebody's going to end up buying my Gia TC. Yeah. You rotten dog. I know who you are. You're listening out there right now. And you're thinking, I'm buying that Gia TC because Bill T's got too many projects. Well, you're right. Go ahead and buy it, but you better do something with it. I better see it on the road. <clears throat> better see that car on the road and register. So somebody somewhere in one of these towns, we're going to get a bunch of DMV hassles. You make sure you pick up that Gia TC. And if people want to get in touch with you, they go to what, what, what are your, what's your Facebook? What's your, do you got a website? Do you got, what, yeah, what do you so, got? What do you got? So my Facebook is uh, USA Combi Connection. Mm -hmm. And then uh, obviously with the uh, Instagram, uh, Instagram, you are at, no, oh, hang on. I got to tell you, it's, I don't know what it is, man. So, my, it's just, it's a. Uh, USA, USA combi, USA underscore combi underscore VW. Yeah. Um, but hopefully that'll change. Maybe I can get the USA combi connection one there. And then you can always give me a call, uh, or, or text at 719-203-9426. That's also the same number I use for WhatsApp. And, uh, I can email, get email. Uh, email is Brian, B R I E N at USA combi connection.com. All right, cool, man. Well, thanks for coming on brother. I appreciate you. Sounds great. Thanks. All right, brother. Talk to you in a bit. Okay. Well, if you like that podcast, and I know you did, make sure you follow, you share this podcast with a friend. Follow us on Facebook. Like us on, like us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, where I'm trying to get some content loaded on there. Uh, there'll be some stuff coming up soon. I've got a lot of video content that's mid editing that I just need to get finished out there for you guys. And if you want to shout out on the podcast, make sure you pick up some merch. To pick up some merch to support the podcast, go to letstalkdubs.com. Click on the merch tab and support your favorite podcast. Until next week, guys. Later. You probably don't know that there's a new Volkswagen out that doesn't look like a Volkswagen.